When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, spirituality. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I take the questions of the day and answer them from stories that I've found in the Christian tradition and from my own experience. Today we're asking and answering the question, or trying to answer the question, do dogs go to heaven? Yes, that's the question. Do dogs go to heaven? And I realize this is quite controversial for Christians and probably people from other religions, although I don't know that. I know that this is a controversial question among Christians. This week is the feast of St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis of Assisi's feast day is October 4th, and a lot of churches celebrate it on the 3rd or the 4th or even on the weekend, which we're doing today at St. Joan of Arc Episcopal Church in Pflugerville. We're celebrating the Feast of St. Francis in the park with a blessing of the pets. There are rumors that a tortoise is coming. Maybe two tortoise, two torti are coming to be blessed, as well as some dogs and possibly some cats, although they're much less likely to make a public appearance. As my wife is fond of saying, Dogs have owners and cats have staff, so some of their staff might bring them today. But the question of do our pets go to heaven is a really deep question because it speaks to the love that we have to those creatures that we live with that are not just simply uh, domesticated animals, although that's certainly what they are. Uh, they are members of our family. The reading for St. Francis Feast Day from the Gospel that we'll read today uh, starts out with, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. This is a prayer of Jesus in Matthew, where he says that the real treasures of wisdom and the real secret knowledge of the universe has not been given to the wise and the intelligent to the grown-up, to the mature, but has been revealed to infants. And that in this, uh, in this very undeveloped, what we call it, infantile state of consciousness, we actually have a closer relationship with God. We actually have a closer connection to God when we are in a state of infancy. And I don't know of any... Uh, other way to understand who the pets are in our lives than infants in our lives. They are our children. Um, perhaps they can be in other relationships too, as sort of brother, sister, maybe even parent. But the, the, uh, the metaphor we most likely draw from when it comes to our furry friends is one of child. Um, in fact, I was making some calls this week to try to get a puppy or a dog. We've been working on this for some time. I've never owned a pet myself uh, since I've been a grown-up and, and really didn't have a connection to one as a child either. Although my parents had pets uh, towards the, in my high school days and then when I was also a younger child, but I didn't connect with those pets. But uh, I've always wanted one, never had one. So I was trying to do this, call on the phone. And this uh, 
the, one of the people I was talking to was referring to boys and girls, boys and girls, boys and girls. That's a boy. If you have a boy, they do things to the furniture. If you have a girl, they don't. You can get the boy fixed. And I was like, they really, it's really the metaphor of child is, is quite strong. I don't know if that's just a marketing thing or that's how everyone talks about their pets or these are even pets that are that are um, coming from a litter that was being born. Anyway, so uh, that's the that's how we understand the, the pets in our lives. Now, there may be other ways to understand them as well, but as a member of the family, as a as a child, even is how we live with our pets. Uh, this is why the, the death of a pet, which is kind of inevitable, given most animals lifespans, sadly, uh, is so devastating to us. It is like having a, um, one of our own biological or adoptive children die, human children. There is a great sense of loss that comes for, to, to almost everyone I've ever known when I've seen them experience the death of a pet. There's all this, the hallmarks of, of severe grief that happens to people. And, uh, and to, to, to try to minimize that relationship or, or try to ignore it is... is um, one of the greatest insults to people that own pets. But St. Francis shows us that that uh, it is not in getting smarter and more savvy and more becoming more of a gadfly, if you will, or becoming more of a cynic that brings us closer to God. What brings us closer to God is experiencing life like an infant, like experiencing life like a bird, or experiencing life like a cat or a dog. This is what Jesus did say in his Sermon on the Mount about the birds of the air, that they don't have factories, they don't spin or sew, but God clothes them. In fact, God clothes them more brilliantly than all of us uh, put together with our manufactured items of clothing. And so to look to, the, the, to nature, to look to these animals for wisdom, wisdom that we really can't get any other way, and he, he then, in this teaching in um, Matthew, Jesus transitions to saying that, like, God's kept a few things, um, you know, hidden that hasn't, hasn't revealed yet. But here's one thing God has revealed. And he says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word that Jesus gives us today, that if you're weary and carrying heavy burdens, Jesus will give you rest. I take this in a couple ways. One, the ancient Sabbath commands to not work on a particular day of the week. The seventh day, the Sabbath, is absorbed into this promise that Jesus gives us. That if you're carrying heavy burdens and are unable to rest, in any other way, perhaps uh, ancient Christians were um, were enslaved. They did not have the kind of freedom that we have today to take a day off. Uh, this would have been a great promise to them and a great encouragement to them. And Francis uh, lives this out in his life. He lives this out through his journey to say that he is re he is resting in Jesus. One of the heavy burdens that Francis carried was the burden of being a severely traumatized veteran. He is uh, captured in battle as a young man. Uh, he's, he's born into a wealthy family. His father nicknames him Francesco Francis 
because of a business deal in France that he made that was very successful and enriched the family. And so Francis bears this name of this successful business venture. He becomes a warrior riding out to battle. He's captured in battle and is imprisoned for around a year in a dungeon awaiting ransom. This was something you did to rich prisoners, put him in prison, demand ransom. His health finally suffers enough to where his parents uh, pay whatever price there is to pay to get him out because they're worried he won't live much longer. He comes about, he convalesces a little bit, his health is restored, and he gets a new suit of armor and rides out to battle again. And while he's riding out to battle this time, Jesus appears to him and he changes his ways. He sells his armor and takes the money and gives it to a priest in a church. He then starts living at this church and he starts to starts this journey of transformation, going from warrior to someone who is a loving person and a giving person. He cares for the sick. He begins to rebuild the church. That's the vision he has before the cross in San Damiano. This uh, church that's been abandoned because the manufacturing center has moved and the population has dropped and there's this building that's just falling into disrepair. Francis starts to rebuild it. He lives there and begins to gather followers. You can read about his life in some really good biographies. Uh, St. Francis, A Life by Augustine. Augustine um, is really good because it goes into how his war trauma pops up into his life over and over again. And he's someone who rests in Jesus. He learns how to rest in Jesus and not be so anxious about the cares of this world. He devotes himself to Lady Poverty. He marries Lady Poverty, uh, taking those commands very seriously. As uh, he found in Holy Scripture, he goes to a priest. The priest points out that verse, and that verse about selling all you have and giving to the poor becomes one of his guiding life verses and life principles that he lives by. And so Francis also uh, communes with nature. Uh, he certainly has a connection with the birds. The, there's um, poetry written about this and other encounters with the wolf of Gubbio. There's this wolf that's terrorizing this town and Francis goes and meets with Brother Wolf. And so as we bless these, these animals that come to us for their blessing, they are really blessing us. They are showing us that the real secret knowledge of the, of the universe and of God lies in their simplicity and not in our complexity. That God relates to them very directly in ways that uh, we have to struggle and strive for and, and divest ourselves of power before we can experience. Uh, I think the spiritual life that Francis teaches us is that, that this life is, is riches to rags, not rags to riches. That in, it is in the emptying of ourselves that we experience the greatest freedom and the closest connection to God. Francis tells us that we are not alone, that there's other people that want to go on this journey with us. He certainly finds his companions and they stay with him all the way to the end. So I wish you a blessed transferred feast of St. Francis or blessing of the animals. And I do believe that heaven is a place in, that we talk about that consists of all those things that we need to be happy. And if you can imagine heaven without your beloved pets, um, I dare you. I don't think most people can. I think most of us, if we think about living in paradise, those wonderful dogs and cats that we've experienced in life will be there with us because we, will not be, we wouldn't be ourselves without them. 
some of the greatest theologians and and, pre- and preachers and teachers over the years have believed this, John Wesley being one of them, founder of the Methodist Church, and many others believe that there is also a um, there is also an inclusion of the of our pets in the afterlife in heaven, because how could we experience joy and happiness without them? This is the main argument, uh, but also that a vision of heaven is sort of a new creation, a new earth, which uh, imagine a new earth without any other animals than ourselves. Uh, it's really impossible to imagine. There's also some Bible verses about uh, creatures that seem to be very much like animals in heaven uh, that give us hope for that as well. But also that idea that that uh, that we are God's creatures as well as human beings. We are God's creatures. Uh, we didn't create ourselves. Uh, we we don't um, we don't really have all those abilities. Uh, what we do have the ability to to do is love and to rest in God. So I encourage you to try that today. To rest in God. To take whatever those things that are burdening you and give them to God, because He is there. God is there, waiting to carry your burdens. Jesus is saying that to us. Give those burdens to me. I'll carry them, and he will.